Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. Welcome to the bigger picture. Why it looks like investors are switching to risk-off mode right now, and that's ahead of tonight's interview by Fed Chair Jerome Powell, who may emphasize that the optimism by the central bank to implement rate cuts later this year are probably misplaced. And we had also Atlanta Fed President Rafael Bosic last night saying that the jobs data last Friday was pretty strong and raises the possibility the central bank will need to do more to increase interest rates to a higher peak than previously thought. So that's going to be something we'll be talking about, how that will play out for the US dollar, emerging markets, and much more with Jason Peltrowitz. He is the EVP for Corporate Services at OTC Markets Group. Morning, Jason. How are you doing today? Good morning. How are you? Thanks for having me. Great to have you on, Jason. Let's start with how things are shaping up post-FOMC. Last week, we had a 25 basis point rate hike, so effectively a second meeting in a row where we are seeing a bit of a slowdown in terms of the pace of rate hikes. Now, going into this week, we had the strong jobs data coming out from last Friday. How do you see investors repositioning themselves post-FMC? Well, I think what we're seeing is even with this rate hike and the, and the hikes before that coming out of a number of different issues from last year, both the collapse of cryptocurrency and, and just the economy in general, um, I think we're seeing investors kind of go back to traditional um, asset classes in the U.S. So certainly we're seeing a return to, to financials and mm. banks, obviously, as interest rates increase, that's good for, for the profits there. Back to some traditional consumer goods, dividend-paying stocks. Um, and what's interesting, while the U.S. has always kind of grown its allocation to international securities, those rate increases along with uh, the movement of the dollar, we're starting to see significant um, amounts of, of investor interest outside of the U.S. Yeah, um, this is and that comes point. across the board. So growing interest in international exposure that you're seeing right now, and that maybe ties into what we're talking about these days. Expectations of a slowdown or recession on the cuts for the U.S. and some parts of Europe as well. How is that affecting interest in raising capital these days, especially with how the appetite is for markets? Um, raising capital is obviously... Tough. We're in a tough environment. Certainly, the IPO statistics are showing around the world. It's it's been increasingly difficult. Um, interesting. If you look at London and and some of the recent announcements about them relaxing their standards to attract ARM, um, you're really seeing that exchanges all over the place are trying to get uh, new listings. Um, but from a corporate perspective, um, you are seeing increases in looking at kind of the secondary markets, the private markets. You're seeing companies able to raise raise capital there. And for us, you know, being a U.S. market, but the largest market for international securities in the U.S., what we are seeing is more and more companies around the world looking to have a secondary uh, trading facility in the U.S. on our market. So continued interest in U.S. retail, family office, kind of the smaller institutions um, where there is a lot of excess cash in the system that's looking for kind of alpha, but mm. maybe a little more secure alpha, um, looking at some of those international growth companies um, I'm here in Asia, so, you know, tremendous opportunity here as well. That also plays into the diversification aspect of things right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the U.S. was a, an overvalued market for a long time, right? And if you look at Europe and Asia, undervalued. And if you look at certain sectors, um, significantly undervalued. So you had tech, biotech, fintech, green tech companies constantly looking at their U.S. peers and saying, why are we so undervalued comparatively? 
you know, for us being able to access the U.S. market might actually bridge that valuation gap. The U.S. valuations have obviously come down and you've seen a lot of money flow out um, into the rest of the world where, where there is that still undervalued from an equity perspective. Yeah, talking about coming down, we've been seeing quite a bit of strength last year for the U.S. dollar. That seems to have come off a bit. How is that affecting the flow in terms of capital uh, that you're expecting to see in Asia and emerging markets? You know, traditionally, when you see a, a weakening dollar, you see flows out, right? Uh, dividends from foreign securities become more valuable. And I think we're seeing that as well. Again, it, it's, it fits with the trend. I think this economic period that we're in is a little different than what I've seen historically, just because there's a lot of different things in play from inflation to the cryptocurrency issues to, to other things. But I think on top of all of that, kind of the traditional things still apply. A weakened dollar is, is good for international equities. Um, a weakening dollar from a U.S. perspective is good for U.S. exporters. Um, and so, you know, we saw you mentioned the, the job growth in the U.S. And I think manufacturing jobs are up in the U.S. So I think U.S. investors along that theme of going back to some traditional securities mm. um, are looking at those stocks as well. Yeah, it does sound like there are some pockets of growth uh, as well as weakness uh, that we're seeing as we've been hearing from the past earnings season and what we've been hearing through the likes of the tech space, layoffs, and also a bit of a gloomy picture of sorts that are painting more conservative, consumers tightening their purse strings. Uh, what have you been taking away from the recent commentary coming through from some of these companies? The recent commentary from companies is still the U.S. investor, the U.S. retail investor is still an important part of their kind of capital structure, um, something that they up until COVID really weren't that interested in, in looking towards, um, but kind of during the COVID, even the mem stock craze and beyond, mm. um, being able to access U.S. retail is important. And there still is a tremendous amount of self-directed investment money in the U.S. You know, you see the big headlines about layoffs and maybe a looming recession. Uh, the U.S. consumer is still very strong. Uh, and the U.S. consumer in terms of investment and looking to put their money to work is still very strong. Um, and so what you're seeing is companies around the world, and again, you know, Asia specifically why I'm here, looking to kind of tap into that um, and ride out some of the wave of what you might be seeing in the larger institutional markets where there maybe is rebalancing or maybe push pulling back. Um, the U.S. self-directed investor can still kind of offset some of that. Well, uh, it does sound like quite optimistic about how things are in the U.S. Um, so maybe a <laughs> shallow recession at most? Um, I am optimistic. And I think, you know, there was a lot of gloom and doom in, in Q4. And I think coming into Q1 of this year, maybe not as bad as everybody had thought. I think um, from a U.S. perspective, you know, inflation is still high, but not as high as people would have thought. Um, yes, you see some big headline layoff numbers. But the job numbers show that there's still 11 million job openings in the U.S. and 517,000 jobs created last month. You know, wages are up, maybe not keeping up with inflation, but up. And so I think mm. I wouldn't say full on optimism, but I think a little less pessimistic than I would have been kind of as we exited last year. Uh, Jason, uh, as part of OTC markets, you've got your reading on parts of the economy, so to speak, because you're tracking how things are flowing when it comes to prices, as well as liquidity. What are the recent trends you've been observing that will be driving your business plans this year? Um, well, we've seen some trends, certainly in number of companies coming to market, which is what I've been talking about. Um, but on top of that, there's some interesting market data trends. Um, and so we've started to pick up a lot of business in Asia from the retail brokers that want to give their clients access into our markets. Um, so, you know, Alibaba and, and Tiger, for instance, are two recent clients that want to be able to give their clients 
their retail clients in Asia access mm. to our markets. And so starting to see the growth of, of Asian retail um, is a trend that we're following and, and a great opportunity for us as, you know, as we've kind of set up our, our Singapore office uh, in the last six months. All right, we've been chatting with Jason Peltrowitz. He is the EVP for Corporate Services at OTC Marcus Group. Jason, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Before acting on the information on MoneyFM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.